0: Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode two hundred and seventeen, and weirdly, today's blogcast is pretty current uh, because I haven't been writing very much, or I hadn't been writing. I've actually been writing the last few weeks quite a bit, but in the previous months, I was not. So, um, so the the podcast is basically. Only a week behind the blog, which is not usual. Uh, Those of you who regularly listen to the the blog cast know that it's usually like a month between when I put the blog out and when the podcast comes out. So uh, this is a a, I don't think it's going to last. Like, I think we're going to I'm going to catch up with myself and uh, a weekly recording of the podcast will mean that that I will be behind again. But for right now, I'm so current. We're so current right now. Um, so today's, uh, blog cast is about, uh, when I lost power, which I told you about a few weeks ago while it was happening. Um, and now you get to hear what I, <laughs> what I was thinking about during that whole time. I mean, I was thinking about a whole lot of other things besides what kind of coalesced into this piece, but, um, yeah, uh, what the radio thing didn't make its way in but you guys know that i mean how how like crucial the radio became when i had no access to like anything else you know it's like the radio duck i just gotta take time to appreciate the radio i it doesn't show up in this there's kind of no space for it but uh Yeah, in two senses. One was I was listening to public radio just, like, all the time. And then when I was in my friend's car trying to charge up my phone a little bit, I found this radio station that I I just was delighted by. It was called The Peak. Is that right? Yeah, The Peak. And it was, was like, it was designed for, for Gen Xers, I think, because it was, like, mostly music, like, like, good rock from, like, the, like, sort of from the 70s on, but, you know, they would be playing, they played They played Elvis Costello, they played, like, they'd do, like, okay, today we're focusing on 1987, and then they'd play, like, all kind of good songs from 1987, and you're like, I can't believe that song was in on 1987. Anyway, the peak got me through some phone charging sessions where I felt a great deal of despair at like using gasoline to charge a telephone (laughs) but uh but you know then I got to hear some Elvis Costello and old 97s on the radio it's amazing anyway I have no it's so they kept saying they were in New York's backyard and I don't know which backyard they meant so I actually have no idea where they're located but uh perhaps I should do some research and thank them for getting me through a difficult week Anyway, just to mention, before I read you the actual thing that shook down, (laughs) radio is a great thing. Hooray for radio. Uh, So let me just read this to you without further ado. It is called, Do You Have Power? The neighbors were walking through the neighborhood, checking out the damage caused by tropical storm Isaias. I asked them if they had power, and they shook their heads. None of us had power. And of course I'm talking about electricity. I was staying at my friend's place and the storm had brought down trees all over the area, knocking out power lines everywhere. Rich neighborhoods, poor neighborhoods, the power grid was out for everyone. There's an idea that's been making its way around the internet during these global pandemic times about how we're not all in the same boat, as some have said, but we are all in the same storm. How the storm impacts us depends greatly on what kind of boat we're in to weather it. If we're on David Geffen's yacht, we're probably okay. If we're on a rubber raft, we're in for some trouble. The week long power outage on Long Island was a result of a literal storm, and the metaphor applies to its aftermath. There were those with generators whose lights only dimmed for a moment as they switched from one power source to another. And those for whom the loss of a fridge full of goods may have meant ruin. Your access to power could allow for a cramp in your lifestyle or a full-on shutdown. Our lives are so dependent on electricity, and the ways we rely on it are legion. You discover how much when you are without it. It's not just lights out at night. It's hot water heaters powered by electric switches. It's refrigerators and freezers. It's your phone and your computer and your tablet that become bricks when you run out of batteries. The all powerful internet is meaningless when you can't turn on anything that will get you to it. You cannot grind your coffee beans. You cannot run the air conditioning. You can't turn a fan on. When it's hot, You're going to stay hot. The fact that we call electricity power strikes me with great force after a week without it. I walk around in my daily life with extraordinary power at my fingertips. I turn lights on, grind coffee, charge my devices, heat up stuff in the microwave. It is non-stop power. I don't think of myself as powerful, but I do have access to power. There are those that do not have that access. There's something about the literalness of this metaphor, something about those with access to power and those that do not have access that lines up perfectly. When you have power, you take it for granted. I was cavalierly freezing food, running fans, and letting my phone run out of battery because I knew I could just plug it in and charge it some more. I previously did not think I had power because I didn't have artistic access or couldn't get my art sold or produced or whatever, but I did have access to the sort of power that powers a modern life, and until I lost it for a significant period of time, I took it entirely for granted." When you have power, it is largely invisible to you and highly visible to the people without it. I was acutely aware of the neighbor's generators, how loud they were, sure, but also how some would power even their driveway lights with them, while others just lit up their kitchens. The house I was in was entirely dark and became invisible to those with power at night. This dynamic is at play with less literal power as well. The powerless can track the levels of power they do not have, while the powerful do not see power at all. They're just using their juicer at breakfast or investing their money or taking that meeting with that VIP. No big deal. I feel like this is a central difficulty when trying to make social change. The invisibility of the power structure to those that benefit from it is one of the largest obstacles to making it more fair. I wonder if we need these occasional power outages to at least just remind us that our hold on power is not something to be taken for granted. It is not a given. It makes me think of the charitable donations of solar-powered lanterns the ones that are given so students can study, so doctors can practice, even when there is no light. They're particularly useful in disasters. A little solar lamp is not a big dose of power, but it is a start. The lights are powered by the power source we all have access to. Sometimes I think this is why the powers that be are so dead set against solar and wind power, because our current leaders are power hoarders. If we powered our electricity with wind and sun, they could not so easily control the power source. I don't think of myself as someone with power, but I can use what little bits of electrical power I have to type into this machine that I plug into the wall where I get that electricity. And then I post onto the internet, which I can access because of power and receive support through that same electric internet for my work. I will then, with the support I receive for this post, buy someone without power a light. I want to give power, not just take it. If you want to join me, here are some lights I'm going to buy when my electric-powered payment comes in. Yeah, that last bit is probably better written than read. Uh, But what I can explain, the link then links you to uh, a company called Unite. To light, uh, which is a nonprofit that sends uh, solar lamps and battery solar battery chargers to people in need around the world. So uh, yeah, I donated uh, a few lamps to 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 someone whoever has the greatest need, and and uh, that felt good. It felt good. Uh, I did do a bunch of research into the solar lamp world just to you know link people to a, a good choice um i like the lamp themselves the lamps themselves better at another company called luminade l-u-m-i-n-a-i-d um they are like these kind of um cubes that pack down and they're 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 like aesthetically attractive um but they are not a nonprofit they are a, a for profit company and they also distribute those lights to um you know, who needs them which is good but i just felt better about a company that is just across the board a nonprofit so um and it it's the same effect right it it gives the people it gives the people the light and the battery and the all the things that they need so Um, If you know of others, I I did see a couple others that they almost all were sort of for-profit, but also, like, like this new kind of trend of, like, we're a socially conscious business. We do, we make a lot of money, but we also are nice, Uh, which I'm, I think it's great, but I also don't quite trust it. (laughs) Anyway, Unite to Light, uh, which is unfortunate, uh, as a name is unfortunate, just because... The sort of white supremacist invasion in my hometown of Charlottesville uh, was called Unite the Right, which is not the same as Unite to Light, but it sounds, it has a, what's that word when things have a have a sound commonality? It's like that. So it's un, it, unfortunately hard to shake that association in my brain, um, but until I planted it there, maybe you didn't have that one. Anyway, Unite to the Light uh, is the is the company, and there's a link in the blog. So if you want to go straight there, you can do that. Yeah. So power, man, power. And uh, as I was trying to post that blog, uh, we lost the internet. <laughs> Not in the same place. I was out in Long Island when we lost power. When I lost power, I was out there by myself. Um, And now I'm back in Queens, and uh, we lost the internet here about a week ago, and it was gone for several days. And uh, so there's a post about that coming, of course, but it was hilarious because I was literally in the process of trying to get this blog posted. And here I am talking about how great it is to have access to the electric internet, and then I did not have that access anymore and so yeah that's coming that'll that'll probably be a a couple blogs down the down the pipeline um but it's it's on its way i i just every week is going to be a story about how i lose access to something in modern life there's going to be a water post next oh god please let there not be a water that's the one Woo, water (laughs) i don't want to write a post about not having water (laughs) So let's just keep that, let's just keep that nice and clear. <laughs> uh, anyway, so thank you for listening to the broadcast. And uh, if you would like to support it, please tell someone about it, share it. Uh, you can support it with uh, monies uh, through Patreon, patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. There's also Ko-fi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. Uh, I always appreciate any support. It is very helpful, especially in these crazy times. Uh, And just, you know, you listening is great. So thank you uh, for that, especially. Um, I feel like now that we're back in the fall, uh, I think people are returning slowly to listening to podcasts again. So yay. Um, and, uh, And thanks. So... This song. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this song before I play it for you, so buckle up. So I was trying to find a song about power for obvious reasons, and uh, there were many, but the one that felt like it was, like, lining up with some of the things that I was thinking about the most was a song I had never heard before called Power. Surprise. Uh by what's well, by a guy called John Hall, or I think it's by him and his ex-wife. So John and Johanna. Joanna Hall. Um they they're the songwriters, but it was I uh, popularized by Peter Paul and Mary and uh performed by various other people uh around about nineteen seventy-nine. I found one video of it that was the songwriter, John Hall, and along with Carly Simon, Bonnie Raitt, Jackson Brown. And some of these people are so young, you're like, who is that? And then you're like, oh, my God, it's Jackson Brown. Um, so that that's an interesting little um, thing to search for if you're interested. Uh, but the thing about this song it's it lines up really nicely with like nature and power and electricity and also, you know, power, power. So it's just like doot, 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 right right in line with this blog, uh, except for one thing, which is that this song was was uh, used often as a way to protest uh, nuclear energy. So you'll hear in the song it's in the song. We call it. It's a poison power. Atomic poison power is is the phrase in the song, um, and and this song sort of became the the theme song for the no nukes movement. Um, which now I think is sort of thought of as kind of a mistake, not the song, but. Uh, the the wild advocacy for no nuclear power. Um, I don't know a whole lot about all of these things I'm saying, um, but I do have some sense that over the years, um, environmentalists have um, changed their position on nuclear power. um, Or... or maybe there were some that were always for it, and some that weren't. I don't actually know the history, again, <laughs> but uh, but I do know it's super complicated and that it's not as simple as no atomic energy, no no nuclear power, like all of that stuff. Basically, if we had more nuclear energy, we would have not relied so much on fossil fuels and would probably be in a better position climate wise. Is what I understand. And I know that that understanding is very limited. (laughs) So I'm ready to listen to the podcast about this subject, by the way, I, I, I am now very curious as to like what that uh, journey was. It could, because on one hand it's like, it's amazing. This movement was very clear. It was very powerful. It was successful. We, we don't have nuclear energy in this country very much because it was a successful movement. Uh, that success has meant some things. And it, had, it had unintended consequences, I'm quite sure. Um, yeah, so I'm, it's all very, very interesting. And this song is from that moment. So, uh, I'm not sure I would be... I, I feel like I would like to have a version of this song that is um, not... A, a protest? I mean, not that I'm against protest, my God. Um, but I feel like what kind of what's glorious about the song the song is like it's it's so for things. It's like, you know, the it's for the sun and waterfalls and fires and yeah, and then definitely not for this atomic poison power for sure. But I wonder if there's a way to kind of make the song, yeah all the way through, and advocate for something that actually could make a difference in a positive way. That would be a cool version of the song. I did not have it in me to do that rewrite um and and yeah i and I again am not clear enough about the complications to to make a a stand in that area, but yeah. anyway, all very interesting. And and, you know, uncovered a lot of other interesting facts while researching this song and the guy who wrote it, who became, um, I believe, a senator, either senator or congressman. I can't remember which. I think a senator actually um, kind of uh, upstate, not upstate upstate, but like Hudson Valley, maybe New York. Um, Yeah. And he served for a little while and then went back to playing in a band, which I think is kind of awesome. So he went from, you know, advocating for no nukes in his song to advocating in the in the halls of of government. So my hat is off to him, John Hall. Yeah, all kinds of all kinds of funny rabbit holes while researching the song. So if you if you're if you're curious, check it out. And um, also. Speaking of complications, uh, this song I only just discovered a week ago and learned it as quickly. And so it is kind of loose. <laughs> it, has, it has a looseness of uh, my quick learning, quick attempts to deal with the key. So I'm playing it with a capo on the sixth fret which makes playing quite a few chords a little bit difficult. Uh, Once you get up, sort of farther up the board, it just becomes challenging for those bar chords. So um, you're going to hear a a super loose, like, woo power version. Um, But that's how it is in these days. And uh, the turnaround, the quick turnaround makes for, you know, Songs that are in the moment. That's what it is. Yeah, it's in the moment. <laughs> uh, so, without further ado, I give to you a song called Power, written by John and Joanna Hall.
1: steady flow of a waterfall give me the spirit of living things as they return to clay just give me the restless power of the wind give me the comforting glow of the wood fire but please take all of your atomic poison power away everybody needs some power i'm told Shield them from the darkness and the cold Some may see a way to take control When it's bought and sold I know that lives are at stake Yours and mine and our descendants in time There's so much to gain, so much to lose Every one of us has to choose Just give me the warm power steady flow of a waterfall Give me the spirit of living things As they return to clay Just give me the restless power of the wind Give me the comforting glow of a wood fire But please take all of your atomic poison How delicate the balance of nature can be. The limits of her ways have been defined, and we've crossed that line. Some don't even care or know that we'll pay, but we have seen the face of death in our day. There's so little time to change our way. If only we together can say, just give me the warm power of the sun, give me the steady flow of a waterfall, give me the spirit of living things as they return to clay. Just give me the restless power of the wind, give me the comforting glow of a wood fire, but please take all.